Whiskey and Wonder again. Uh, this is like the fifth time we've done this because we can't stop laughing for some dumb reason. <laughs> I don't uh, know why we keep messing it up. I'm Tyler. I am Megan. And uh, we're back again for another uh, week with a different whiskey and a, uh, a new topic to talk about. Yeah. First thing I want to say is go Braves. Uh, I know we're a couple weeks behind uh, actually posting these, but the Braves have uh, gone, uh, got to the NLCS. Swept uh, the Reds and the Fish, the Marlins, for anybody that doesn't call them the Fish. <laughs> uh, I know most Braves fans do. Um, so, yeah, I'm thrilled about my Braves doing good. Uh, Rockies are just kind of done for the season. So. Yeah, let's not. It, it's okay. Go Braves. Yay, so, Braves. Um, so we wanted to make a quick little announcement, or I do. Um, so we've made the podcast live by this point, and... We're up to, I think it's 29 subscribers. As of this evening. As of this evening, yes. Yeah. So um, anybody that knows me in real life knows that I have a full beard. Um, and I'm sure I'll end up on the Instagram sooner yes. rather than later. Tyler likes to channel an inner lumberjack in his physique. Yeah, I guess I do. Uh, <laughs> I didn't expect the word physique there. I don't know how to take that, honestly. <laughs> But um, regardless, what I'm going to do is when we hit 200 subscribers, I am going to shave my beard off. Um, so I'm sure I'll be on the Instagram and you guys can see my beard, how it is now. And I'm not going to shave it off. I'm going to go with a uh, mustache or a Fu Manchu, something of that nature, which. And I'm definitely going to live video record it and that'll be on our Instagram and everything else. So I'm very excited. So oh, please subscribe. Yeah. It's uh, I've had a mustache once in my life, guys. I looked like a fat Italian guy. <laughs> I don't know if that's racist or no. That I just looked Italian. Okay. Like just I was I, the one picture I had. I was wearing a tank top, and like my chest hair was like poking out. <laughs> and if, all I needed was a gold chain, and I would have looked so Italian. It's not even funny. Oh wow! But okay. uh, yeah, so two hundred subscribers, and I will do that. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is kind of going in and out right now. Um, but yeah, so Megan's got us a good whiskey to review this week. What I'm you got super us? excited about this. This is called the Sexton. Uh, it is an Irish whiskey. Um, the bottle is one of the coolest whiskey bottles I've ever seen in my life, which is why I picked it. I'm going to apologize for any noise because we haven't learned yet to take the label off the bottle. <laughs> before we start recording so uh i'm gonna fight with this label and pour us uh a finger maybe a half finger since my fingers are kind of big um so this whiskey is uh its logo is a skeleton with a top hat on it and it just it's like this whole like goth chic Ooh, another pop i love the pop let me tell you I, I work a part-time job as a bartender, and uh, when I open a um, um, champagne, mm -hmm. champagne bottle on it, that is the best. That is the absolute best. I do, and I love that pop sound. So um, this is, again, called the Sexton. This is an Irish whiskey. Uh, this is created by Alex Thomas, who is one of the few female master blenders in the industry. Um, so, hey... Who rule, who rule the world? Is that what Beyonce says? I don't know. I don't know Beyonce's music. I'm a hermit that, with a, uh, that lives under a rock, so. It might be who run the world. Yeah, I think that sounds better. That sounds more right. Okay. Anyway, uh, so this uh, woman is the uh, master blender of the Sexton. This is a 100% Irish malted barley, and it is triple distilled in copper pots. So... Interesting. It has a very pretty flavor or uh, color anyway. I don't know about the flavor yet. I haven't tried it. I spilt just a smidge. Uh, I will go ahead and say one thing. Uh, the bottle is very cool. Very, very cool. It is hard to pour from. Uh, it runs down the side of the bottle. And um, I got a little bit on my fingers. I got a little... I didn't really have anything to wipe my fingers off, so I kind of licked it. So I got a little <laughs> pre-taste on it before I even got to smell it. Um... That pre-taste. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, that sounds like something derogatory. <laughs> uh, I 
right. So I just took a whiff. Uh, and I would like to let, let's give our our opinion or, or what we think we smell before we get the the notes. Okay. Just to see how okay. we're coming along. Cause you nailed it last time and I didn't or maybe it was two times ago. The one with the black cherry. I don't remember. Everything blurs together during COVID. My whole life blurs together. <laughs> um to I did mention that it's distilled in copper pots, um, but it is then aged in sherry casts. So it's like a whiskey sherry hybrid thing. It's swanky, fancy. Mm. So Megan just took a sip. No, I didn't. I sniffed oh, you it. Didn't you sniffed it? I'm yeah, sorry. that was me going, mmm, at the smell. Oh, okay. I, I saw you out of the corner of my eye, so I thought it was a sip. Um I'm not gonna I can't sugarcoat this one. All I smell is alcohol. It's like okay. burning my nose. Okay. Maybe um, a little bit of sweetness, maybe like a honey. Yeah, I can get like maybe a honey or a I smell some sort of nut. Like maybe it's an almond or a a something. It's not a peanut, but it's a nut. There's something dull in there, yeah. I guess nutty would be a good way of describing it. That's all I can smell, uh, honestly. Um I mean, I don't, I'm not opposed to it, but it's not one of the better, like we've had others that smelt better. I would agree with that though. The more I'm smelling it, the more, I don't know. I think it's a nut and maybe some like dried, like some sort of dried fall fruit, maybe like an apricot or. All right. Well, I get no fruit on that. Well, that's my opinion. Uh, this is also, um, made in, uh. The north coast of Ireland. So this is imported from uh, E. Old Ireland. Is it made with potatoes? I don't know. I didn't figure it was. I just had to throw a potato joke in there. <laughs> you Funny. Know. Uh, I made the best dad joke yesterday. I'll tell you off air. <laughs> now you have to tell it okay, on air because right, so, people are going to bitch. So like I said earlier, I came to, uh, or I work at a bar and I had... Uh, it was a, a group come in. It was three girls and one guy, one couple, two single girls. And it was one of their birthdays. And the girl whose birthday it was, the couple wanted to pay for her drink, but she did not want them to. She kept saying, you paid for my apples earlier. You know, don't pay for my drink. It was like $5. And so as I'm pouring the beer, I, I just went ahead and put it on their tab. As I'm pouring the beer, it came to me. I turned around and I go, some would call that Apple Pay. Oh my god! <laughs> every every one of them laughed except for the girl that it was her birthday. She was like, "I'm not even going to give you the satisfaction of a laugh." I hope they tipped you. Oh yeah, they tipped me. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, it was the best dad joke in my opinion. That was it was it was so awful, but it was good. Very dad joke esque. <laughs> dad joke. I'm terrible at dad jokes, so I can't even say dad joke king. No. All right, so what are we smelling on this whiskey here? So this is supposed to be uh, malt, which I'm guessing that's the nuttiness I'm smelling Okay, is a malt, which, okay, I get that. Um, apples, sherry, that makes sense. I don't know what sherry smells like, to be honest with you. It smells like sherry. I don't know how to describe it. I've had sherry a few times in my life. I have never had sherry, actually. I need, It's on my list to try. Well, that'll be something we will have to try. Um, Angel's food cake and a candy shop. I'm not quite sure where they're getting candy shop. Um, I'm not sure where they're getting angel food cake neither. I got the malt uh-huh. and I guess kind of maybe apple but definitely the malt. Um, you ready to taste? Let's yeah. See what you... Yeah. Um... Right. Like I said, I already kind of got a sneak taste, but. That's pretty bland for an Irish whiskey. Yeah, it's not what, not what I thought it was going to be based off the little taste I got on my finger. It went, it started, but I didn't get the finish 
I got the, the start, like the what yeah. the forefront, but I didn't get the finish of it with my finger, and it went a direction I wasn't expecting. So I thought it started very fruity, almost apricotty, yeah, kind of like you said. And I expected it to continue down that path, but it did not. It went very like grainy, very oaty kind yeah. of yeah, finish, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. It it's, was smooth and it was, I don't want to say buttery, but. it There wasn't a a kick to it like I would expect mm-mm. from an Irish whiskey. There no. wasn't any of that like spikiness to it. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was good. It was just, like you said, kind of dull. I expected, I expected a little more flavor. Yeah. It's not a bad dull. It's just a, a calm Dull. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It's calming. Calm. Yes, it's a it's a calming. Um, so we're supposed to be tasting um, sherry, malt, toffee, strawberry, cinnamon, nuts, apricot, um, and a hint of mint. Um, I get the malt and the nuts. Like it's a very bland, very I guess relaxing whiskey. I don't think this is something that you would want to get trashed on. This isn't a party whiskey. No, no. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I get the malt and the um, nutty and the the fruits right on the tip, you know, when you first sip it. But um, the rest of it, I really don't get. It's just, it's very smooth and. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I guess for me, the nutty and the. Um, what's the other word? Damn, I forgot what it is. What it's called? The malt. Malty. That's bland to me. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. So that's that's kind mm-hmm. of okay. Well, that's um. Malt's definitely sitting around in the finish, and the finish is supposed to be sherry malt and apricot, and I I get that finish. And see, I this is one time I like I wish I had had sherry so I could you yeah know, compare it to taste, but I've never had sherry, so what do I know? Well, we'll sip on this and we'll let you guys know what we think at the end of the episode. All right. Yep. Um, so I'm going to try to sip on it while teaching you all a little bit something yeah, today. What are you going to teach me? I want to learn something. You want to learn today. I'll learn. Uh, you ever heard of this little event called the uh, 1906 earthquake in San Francisco? The 1906 earthquake in San Francisco. No. No? You've never no, heard of that? No. Is that the big one? That's the big one. Okay. I might have heard of the big one. Okay. Well, it's not like the big one. That makes Colorado wine country. Not that big one. Yeah, no, not that big one. <laughs> I, it took me a minute on what you were saying there. No, it's not like the big one that California's going to fall into the earth. Um, so let me set the scene for a minute. Okay. <clears throat> Imagine for a second that you live in San Francisco during the early 1900s. Okay. There's no Golden Gate Bridge. There's no massive tech companies. No million and billion dollar homes. Your parents or maybe grandparents made the journey west decades earlier, hoping to strike it rich during the California gold rush, but failed. Or maybe succeeded, I don't know. Each morning, uh, you take the famous cable cars to your job, possibly working in a factory or a lumber mill or down on the docks, you know, menial job. And suddenly, while you're sleeping or just waking up for your day, maybe even if you have one of those jobs that's an early riser, you're at your job. Suddenly, the ground beneath your feet starts to move. At first, you think it's just another earthquake, but soon you realize it's more than you ever experienced before. Okay. This sounds like shit. (laughs) Um, So that's basically exactly what happened um, on April 18th, 1906. Uh, At 5.12 a.m., California was rocked by one of the most significant earthquakes in U.S. history. Okay. Damn. So... Excuse me. Like I said, my voice is kind of in and out. So uh, it was a 7.9 magnitude earthquake, um, and it was so intense that it was felt from Oregon to Los Angeles. Holy shit. Yep. Even more so, it's tied for the highest recorded magnitude earthquake in in the continental U.S. Oh, wow. Uh, The other one was the Fort Tejon earthquake uh, that occurred in 1857. Wow. Wow. I do want to put a side note in here. Um, 
it is, like I said, it's tied for the highest uh, recorded magnitude uh, in the continental U.S. Um, there was one higher intensity earthquake in the continental U.S. that is theorized. <clears throat> it came in at a range, because it's theorized, of 8.7 to 9.2 on the Richter scale. Uh, but this earthquake occurred in 1700 long before records were kept. Yep. And the only reason that geologists have been able to infer this earthquake is from Japanese records of a tsunami. Oh. It doesn't line up with any other earthquake on the Pacific, on the Ring of Fire. Oh, so okay, cool. For anybody, I don't know, if you don't know what the Ring of Fire is, it's pretty much the circle of land around the Pacific Ocean that's very tectonically active. Um, hear Johnny Cash in my head right now. I I knew, <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. Um, so I've got this in my notes somewhere, but now feels like a, a very good time to uh, address it. The Richter scale is a, is a scale that measures the intensity. For anybody that doesn't know, it measures the intensity of uh, an earthquake. Mm-hmm. And it is not like your typical one, two, three, you know, so on scale. One to two, it's an exponential scale, which means from one to two is a 10 times increase okay. in magnitude. Okay, makes so sense. So 7.9 magnitude. That's it's cool. like 10, one to two is 10 times, two to three is 10 times more. So, it, so exponential growth Exponential and grows and grows. growth, so it looks like a... J, if you graph it. So the higher the number, it's drastically more. Yikes. So this was a pretty rough earthquake. Okay. Um, you said 1906? 1906. Uh, so uh, the main earthquake only lasted for about 42 seconds, but it was preceded by an intense foreshock um, 25 seconds prior to the main quake. Okay. Um, their scientists, they being scientists, have also concluded that many smaller earthquakes over the previous decade were minor foreshocks. So this potentially had foreshocks going back 10 years. Oh my God, yeah. that is, that's an earthquake. Yeah, there's, um, there were actually a very small amount of aftershocks that occurred with the San Francisco earthquake and also the Fort Tejon earthquake in 1857 which surprised scientists you you would think the bigger the earthquake you're going to have more aftershocks afterwards yeah but be for anybody that doesn't know i got my degree uh from college in geology you think about if with some of the theories if you're putting a lot of strain on the you know something rigid like rock and Mm -hmm. it breaks that strain if you the more strain you put on it the more energy it's going to let out and the mm-hmm. less it has to let out over time. I guess so that makes that, sense. That kind of is where I think it it's logical for it to have less aftershocks. Okay. I um, never, I never would have thought of that. That's just kind of, you know, I don't know if that's theory or not, but that's just kind of, it, it makes sense to me, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um. So like I said, it's the highest recorded magnitude in the continental U S um, so the epicenter of the quake is still debated. The epicenter, what that is, is where three-dimensionally the earthquake occurred. So you're thinking latitudinally, longitudinally, and also depth into the core. So that is the epicenter. Okay. Uh, it's debated. Uh, if you want to talk just on the surface, latitude, latitudinally and longitudinally, I don't know if that's a word, but via latitude and longitude, the point above the epicenter on the surface is, mm-hmm. is called the focus. Okay. Um, so, like I said, both of those are still debated. Some suggesting it was an offshore earthquake just offshore outside the San Francisco Bay. Okay. Uh, due to a very small tsunami. I don't want to say very small. Due to a small tsunami that occurred in the San Francisco Bay. Apparently, the waves were three to four inches in height, which doesn't seem like a lot. That's- but... If it, I mean, it occurred right there, you know, I, the San Francisco, San Francisco, San Andreas Fault runs just outside the entrance to the bay, the San Francisco Bay. 
Okay. So it just didn't have that much time to disperse the energy in the water. That's so I would think like a lot of water there. A four inch, cause you four inch wave. You said yeah, four inch. That's like yeah, it's like yay big. Yeah, maybe like you can't surf that. Yeah, exactly. That's that's it's it's because it's so close. If it had happened out at sea, the energy could travel. There's more water to displace, and then as it comes, as the ground comes up, the wave rises with the the energy. Okay. But since it was such a short distance, it seems to have limited the energy. Or that or the cove just naturally protected protected it. One of the two. Okay. Interesting. Um uh, I lost my spot in my notes here. Oh, yep, small tsunami occurred. Um some also suggest that it occurred near uh forgive me, residents of Olima, Olema, California. O L E M A. Uh, they think it occurred there due to the no. significant uh, amount of displacement that occurred there. Um, so <clears throat> the San Andreas Fault runs about 750 miles mm-hmm. along California and the Pacific. This quake ruptured the fault for around 300 miles. The top three, the northernmost 300 miles of it ruptured. Um, if you're semi-decent at math, like I am, that's almost half. <laughs> um, okay. if, if you're still with me on that math. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to take a sip of whiskey here for a second. That... And, and then I have another amazing factoid that's going to blow your mind with this hurricane. Uh, hurricane. Hurricane. Earthquake. <laughs> Earthquake. Jesus. I'm a little already mind blown. Um, I grew up in landlocked Colorado Earthquakes are not a thing. Um, I didn't experience my first earthquake until this year. And even then I didn't, I think we talked about it on the podcast already that I just went back to sleep. Yeah, I was asleep and I got your text. Is that an earthquake? And I apparently had slept through it. Yeah. So it wasn't that big apparently. No. Um, <clears throat> so the horizontal slip associated with this earthquake was 32 feet. So that's really tall. I think you misunderstood. I'm going to say that again. Okay. The horizontal slip associated with this earthquake was 32 (laughs) feet. So (laughs) horizontal goes the other way. (laughs) That's wrong wrong plane. Wrong plane. Um, (laughs) The USGS actually Uh, explains this really well in layman's terms on their website. So imagine you and I are sitting here face to face. Yep. And the San Andreas Fault runs underneath that table. Okay. In 42 seconds, you went from there to 32 feet to my right. (laughs) Hi, Megan. (laughs) In 42 seconds. That's a lot of energy. A a lot lot of movement for land, for rock, which is hard. Wow. That's... Yeah, it's that's it's like teleportation almost. Yeah. Um, so naturally, you know, when things move 32 feet from where they're supposed to be, not to mention the up and down movements, um, you know, you would think there's going to be some kind of infrastructure issues that are caused. Uh, and you'd be right. Um, and I'll give you one other example. This one blew my mind to the point where I spent a solid 45 minutes on Google Earth looking and trying to trying to see where this occurred on Google, you know, Google Earth. Yeah. Um, the prior to the earthquake, the Salinas River emptied into Monterey Bay between Moss Bay and Watsonville but afterwards was redirected six miles south to an area just north of Marina in Monterey County. So it transformed, it uh, It caused a river to change course by six miles. Oh, my God. I, I looked, I measured on Google Earth six miles from the current river, and there is, you can tell, there used to be a river there, and I followed that river back 
and it went so far down in California. I couldn't even find the point at which it divided off of where it was the old river. So I am, it was, that fascinates me. All that stuff fascinates me. Wow. That is insanity. Yeah. So. Absolutely insane. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, deadliness of it. Now, you said you'd never heard of this, but I'm sure there are people out there that have heard of it. And they know that I haven't brought up the major point associated with it. Because it wasn't just the earthquake that uh, caused this to be the deadliest natural disaster in California's history. Um, and I personally think it was just the perfect storm of events that allowed this earthquake to wreak havoc. Um, but, you know, kind of like I said, moving infrastructure 30 plus feet is going to result in catastrophic failure of the infrastructure. You know, you yeah. think about a bridge, you split that move bridge and move it 30 feet. feet. It's not very structurally sound and it certainly there's, ain't a bridge no more. Yeah, there's no you're longer a bridge yeah, there. You're going to fall off. Um, so it damaged, um, the displacement caused by the earthquake damaged water and gas lines in the area, essentially mm-hmm. severing them. Maybe makes sense. So before we get to that, the, the major cause of damage, let's talk about the earthquake's damage first. Okay. So and buildings collapsing and. Oh, you don't know the half of it. All right. We're going to, we're going to back them on up. Remember how I mentioned earlier, your parents and your grandparents came over for the gold rush. Yep. All right. So we're about 50 years. So 50, 60 years after the gold rush, um, a lot of areas in the Bay area, excuse me, had been filled in with dirt to create more land Mm -hmm. for real estate. Makes sense. But had been filled badly. Oh, shit. With loose soil, rocks, trees, felled trees, you know, lumber. Oh, that stuff just... just... And other natural debris. Oh, that stuff just went poof, huh? Yep. Well, not as much. These were just essentially like landfills. Not very structurally sound. Um, And they had established in previous strong earthquakes that they didn't perform very well. Uh, You know, they, they... suffered what geologists call liquefaction and that's when essentially it's almost like quicksand it's solid but it's liquid okay um so when when the earth started moving it started behaving as a liquid oh that's so cool oh yeah it's great until you're until you're there in a building on (laughs) top of that um so in addition to the landfills there were many areas that were previously had many let me try that sentence again, guys. That was terrible. <laughs> In addition to these landfills, there were many areas that had previously been part of the bay, the actual bay with water, um, and over that 50, 60 years had filled in with erosion from the hydraulic mining that was going on for the gold. Okay. So now you've got even more of these landfills. Yikes. Um, again, more areas for liquefaction. Um, one area of San Francisco that was damaged very badly was called, uh, the South of Market. Um, and it was built on an area that was formerly a marsh when the gold rush started. Um, and the building, uh, the Valencia Hotel was like the main building in that area. And... It, it became the symbol of the south of market area for the um, earthquake because it sank three stories into the marsh before it collapsed on itself. And only the fourth story, it was only four stories, the fourth story was the only one above ground. Wow. Yeah. Um, prior to the earthquake, uh, there was a lot of local corruption in government and between the government officials and builders, um, City Hall was already having issues itself with sewage seeping into its basement. And this is hilarious to me. Many locals considered it a metaphor for the stench of corruption seeping from behind the city's (laughs) handsome face. That is a perfect metaphor if I've ever heard one. Um, In addition to the already having sewage issues, City Hall, and I'm not sure 
how exactly this was done, but they were it was built by incorporating improper materials such as old newspapers and trash. I don't know how you incorporate that into building a building. Like, uh, does it go into the material or what? I don't know, but apparently it happened according to you know the sources I used, okay. which I just realized I completely forgot to write down. Um, <laughs> so I'll put those in the show notes. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, so City Hall was another building that was hit very hard by the earthquake. Um, again, guess where this one was built? On one of those former marshes. Yep. Um, so the masonry, and they had the Greco-Roman columns, you know, that, yeah. that all those most uh, government, old government buildings have. Yeah. Those columns fell. Of course they and did. And the dome toppled over. Oh, and uh, so we're going to talk about one last building. It was called the Palace Hotel, and it's going to come back up later. Um, it was completely lost. It was, ironically, the owner knew it was at risk by the way it was built. So he had water tanks installed under it, water on the roof, and hoses on each floor so that bellhops could out flames he knew it was lava he to go knew up like, something was going to happen so he, he and it was built with two foot thick walls with iron all throughout so that oh um, my god yeah to to keep it stable from earthquakes so keep all that in mind because we're going to come back to it okay all right now all right. let's talk about the the deadliest part the deadliest and the most destructive part that's the fires the fires. It's estimated that 90% of the total destruction came from fires, and it started from multiple sources that were all created by the earthquake. The first source is pretty easy to explain. You know, like I said earlier, you move stuff, thir- infrastructure 30 feet horizontally. Stuff natural is gonna, gas lines are yeah. severed. You've got natural gas pouring out. Somebody lights a cigarette. Yeah. Boom. You know, and I'm pretty sure, you know, 1906, if I had to guess, most of the heating was done by natural gas, oh, if there was heating at all. If there was all. heating at all, yeah. yeah. In San Francisco, I don't, I don't know what their climate is. Actually, I do. I, I looked it up in Mediterranean, so it probably didn't need that much heating. But, you know, still might in these super nice hotels. Um, you know, so natural gas lines were, were uh, severed, and that started several fires. Uh, the second cause, this one is the second funniest thing to me in this is um, San Francisco Fire Department. Mm. The, yep, you heard me right. The people that are supposed to put out the fire started several of them. Why? <laughs> what in the hell did they do? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so some firefighters uh, thought that we'll just use dynamite to <laughs> demolish some buildings, <laughs> even though we're not trained on how to use dynamite. <laughs> So guess oh what God. they started with the dynamite? Why? Several fires. I what in the hell made I, them go like, all right, guys, let's get some bombs. <laughs> uh, we're men. We don't read instructions. <laughs> oh fuck! Yep. All right, yep. firefighters, and take notes. Yes, please. Uh, no, I I work with some firefighters, and they're very very well prepared. Nowadays, I, I trust my firemen completely. Um, the third, and I'm sure there were other, other causes, but I only covered three here, um, is probably the most complicated cause, and it's really okay. not that complicated. Oh, well, I like I like where you're going with this. <clears throat> so uh, due to insurance practices uh-huh. in the area, insurers only compensated owners for fire damage and not earthquake damages. Oh, I see where this is going. As a result, people started lighting their shit on fire after it got damaged by the earthquake. That that makes total sense. I even read a quote uh, because they brought in, and we'll get to this later, uh, they brought in federal troops to help with a lot of stuff. And um, one of the, I think he was a lieutenant or a colonel or something, was going down a street and he was stopped by a firefighter. Who said, no, you can't come down here. All these people are lighting their houses on fire, essentially. Wow. So. I mean. You got. Uh, insurance companies are shady. I hate insurance. Oh, don't get me started on insurance. It is. You pay for it. And then they t- happily take your money when 
you don't need it. And then when you do need it, they tr- the first thing they try to do is get out of paying for what you need. Yep. Mm, insurance is a scam. Anyway, back to the uh, earthquake. Wow. So let's talk about the aftermath. Approximately 80% of San Francisco was leveled. Leveled. More than, and there's some, I think there's some fudging on this number. Okay. But more than 3,000 people were killed. There are a lot of sources that put it much less at like 700, uh, but the city agreed with a historian that 3,000 was the official number. So, Okay. I mean, I can say 3,000 if you factor in, like, people getting caught in the fire that they set. Yeah, because they're not that smart, probably. Like, that's technically the earthquake's fault. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. Um, 20, uh, 20, 225,000 people were left homeless. Twenty-eight thousand buildings, over forty-nine. Oh, forty-nine! Jesus, my numbers, guys. I'm losing zeros here. <laughs> Twenty-eight thousand buildings, over four hundred and ninety blocks were destroyed. Wow. More than four hundred million dollars in damages in nineteen oh six dollars. Do you have any idea? Do you want to take a guess at what that translates to in okay, twenty nineteen dollars? You said four hundred and six. Four hundred million in nineteen oh six. Okay, four hundred million in nineteen oh six is. Fifty-five million today. Higher. Higher. I'll give you three guesses. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go with a hundred and fifty-five million. You might want to get exponential. Uh, okay, are we <sighs> talking like two billion? Eleven point four billion dollars in twenty nineteen dollars with a B with a B. Billion. Billion. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that was that, a lot of damage. That I can't even fathom that number. I just totally can't even. <laughs> um. Anyway, let's talk about a couple of other things that were lost that will never uh, come back. Oh. Um, the original California flag that was used during the Bear Flag Revolt was burned in one of the fires. There were several science labs in the area um, that were destroyed. Mm -hmm. And this is the third funniest thing in here. (laughs) Enrico Caruso. Enrico Caruso was a tenor for the Metropolitan Opera Company, which just happened to be in San Francisco at the time of the earthquake. He had performed his piece the night before, and was staying at the Palace Hotel. Remember, that's the hotel with the iron and all. Yep. Yep. You said Um, it would come back. It's coming back. It's coming back. So he was jolted awake and terrified. He wasted no time getting out of the city and vowed to never return, and he never did. So San Francisco lost Enrico Caruso. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fuck this shit. I am out. Pretty much. Um, and the, uh, I, I didn't write it down, but I remember reading the, uh, palace hotel was destroyed as well, uh, but ended up being rebuilt. Okay. Uh, so, um, we're getting pretty close to the end here. Um, like I said, mentioned earlier, the federal soldiers were brought in to help deal with the aftermath. Um, They did kind of everything from fighting fires to demolishing buildings the right way (laughs) to possibly even teaching firemen how to use dynamite at the time. Um, They built temporary housing. Um, They prevented riots and looting, which became very common um, during the day. Like I said, this occurred at 512 in the morning during the day, the 18th. It became common for people to riot and loot. I mean, hell yeah. What? Well. <laughs> Your entire town just got destroyed. Let's go get some free shit. You know how, well, not only was uh, people looting, the federal soldiers that were coming in were looting. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a free for all, essentially. Mayhem. And I thought this was hilarious. For as liberal as California is, 
Nah, I love liberal people. Megan's a liberal person. I am a very liberal um, person. The mayor issued a shoot-to-kill order for anyone <laughs> oh who was fuck. caught looting or committing any other crime. That's a little black, smart, uh, black mark on California's liberalism. <laughs> I just thought that was hilariously ironic. Wow, shoot-to-kill. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't just looting. It was any other crime. You better be on your best behavior. Are you fucking you spit on speed? the sidewalk. And, like, mm. Yep. Um, Damn. So... That's, oh god my voice um that's pretty much the end of the <laughs> that's pretty much the end of the um social aspect of it i've got a little bit uh as a geologist i couldn't you know i couldn't not tell you why it's significant geo geologically 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 <laughs> geologically um it it was actually a really important earthquake um, by studying this earthquake and the displacements associated with it, it led to the formulation of the elastic rebound theory, which is currently the best model of an earthquake cycle that we have. Okay. There's a very, very good diagram on the USGS website that explains this, but I'm going to try to do it over words. Okay. So imagine, like I said earlier, you and I are standing here and yep. the fault runs here. And yep. I... Build a fence between us. I'm the fence post and you're the other fence post. Okay. As the plate is sliding right, that fence is going to bend mm -hmm. a little bit in the middle until it snaps. Right. And then we have two fences that no longer connect that go half of the distance between us. Essentially, you know, roughly. Yes. Yeah. That's the concept. That makes sense. That's the um, elastic rebound theory. That That's where it's going to settle. And you may have aftershocks where it returns or, wiggles you know kind of like a it's gonna like a spring bounce back yeah. and forth a little bit which is again really weird to think about you know for normal people i'm a geologist so i'm used to it but rocks doing this the earth doing this um the earth the earth i'm trying to think how avatar starts water earth air fire uh, anyway, um, one other note on geology and this earthquake and how it affected geologists at the time. They were confused. They didn't understand what had happened. They What had happened was... The, the, the vast horizontal displacements that were associated with this earthquake, they couldn't explain it. They're like, I don't understand how this happened. It wasn't until several decades later, which is we're getting into like the 1960s, if mm -hmm. my education rememberizes right, um, when uh, the theory of plate tectonics was formulated that explained it. Um, I don't know if you know what plate, te plate tectonics is. I remember learning about this in uh, biology. Okay, cool. Back well, in the day. For, for anybody that doesn't know what plate tectonics is, it's the theory that. <clears throat> The earth is made up of several plates that move and shift. So, for instance, the, uh, the, the entire Pacific Rim, I mentioned it earlier, is the Pacific Plate. And the rim is created by where that plate is crashing into another plate and being pushed underneath it. And it's creating a lot of mountains on there. That's why you have a ton of mountains in Japan, Alaska, you know, the western United States, through mainly through... Um, Oregon, um, you also have, there's a teeny little tiny plate called the Juan de Fuca plate that's crashing into Oregon and Washington, and that's what's creating the, uh, I believe it's the Cascades out there that Mount St. Helens is a part of, whatever mountain range Mount St. Helens is a part of, that's what's creating that. Okay. It's it's crashing and subducting, um, and you have, uh, like India, India is on its own, it was its own plate, and it's currently crashing with Asia, creating the Himalayas. We are... With um, not Mount St. Helens, Mount Everest, and the uh, what mountain range is that? Himalayas. I just said it. Yeah, the Himalayas. Mm -hmm. With the Himalayas, what you're seeing is a very, 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 very slow motion car crash. If okay. two cars hit head on, the the hoods crumple up yeah, like mountains. Yeah, and they make mountains. Exactly. That's what's happening with mountains. Is this taking millions and millions and millions of years? Millions and billions of years. Um. And then there's also the opposite. That's where plates are coming together. There's also the opposites where plates are spreading apart. So some people may know that every year 
I believe it's something like New York and London get 10 centimeters further apart every year because there's a ridge that runs down the Atlantic, the mid-Atlantic ridge, where lava, it, it's essentially splitting, and lava comes up, it hits the ocean, cools, forms new crust, and you can actually go to uh, almost Ireland, we'll call it, it's Iceland, and you can stand in that mid-Atlantic ridge where it's, you know, there's, there's the, uh, I forget what the two plates are called, but you can stand on one and then the other where yeah. it's actually growing apart. That's so cool. Um, there's actually, there's one other thing, and I don't have a map up that you could see, but if you look at Africa, you know how the Western Africa, or I'm sorry, the um, Western portion of Africa is separated from the Middle East by that bay. Let me see if I can pull a map up on this here. Hold on. I, I can see what you're saying in my head. Okay. Well, I'm going to pull up a map anyway so I can visualize it. Um, it won't take me a second. Bear with me, people. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, uh, if you pull up Google Maps and you go, you see where Saudi Arabia is in Egypt, there's the Gulf of Aden and the Red Sea. That is actually where a ridge, uh-uh. Damn, I can't think of a geological term. That's where essentially it's the, uh, the Mid-Atlantic Ridge starting to form there a similar one and it stopped for whatever geological reason i don't remember so that's why you have the red sea it started splitting here and creating new crust and pushing it out so the middle east was going to separate from africa and the mediterranean sea was going to be one and then whatever caused stopped it yeah something stopped it um so yeah that's that's what i got on the uh, 1906 earthquake um it was a little fascinating tale that i had heard about, and I knew it was very important, but I didn't really know many details about it. So, All right. That was fascinating. Yeah. I don't think I talked a whole lot this episode because I was just enthralled. I was... You guys couldn't see it, but Megan's mouth was wide open over it, there. It was the entire time. I was just like, what in the hell? Okay. So... Um, now... Fascinating. I'm sorry, guys. I had to take a sip of water in my voice. Um, Before we get too, too far back into the whiskey, we got to do trivia with Tyler. Oh, yay! Um, and so I've, I need some music for that. We do. I need like some music. But anyway. Note to self. Um, this is uh, kind of related to, actually I have two today and they're both related to the uh, San Francisco earthquake. I keep wanting to call it a hurricane, guys. I'm not dumb. I know it's an earthquake. <laughs> I'm just dyslexic. Um, That's not dyslexic. <laughs> You know what, when I, so so I got to tell this story, shout out to those that were on this camping trip. I went camping and I kept mixing my words up like that. Like I tried to say, you've got marshmallow on your face. And I said, you've got mustache on your face. (laughs) And You know, so I I think, I I don't know what's going on with my brain, but I keep getting my words mixed up. But if anyone knows what that phenomenon is, can you email us? Please. Well, I I know that one specifically was a Freudian slip because I was thinking the word mustache (laughs) and I meant to say um, marshmallow. But anyway, and they both start with M. So, but um, that led me to the thought of what if instead of beards, we just grew like mustaches everywhere. And so like you had like. Not a beard, just a handlebar mustache just, that grew on your chin. Coming out of your or chin. like on the side, it grew like <laughs> up the side of your face, like a handlebar mustache. That would be so weird. Maybe your eyebrows were mustaches. Anyway. Oh, could you imagine all like the hairstyles people would do with their eyebrows if they were mustaches? Oh, God. No, I don't even <laughs> want to think about it. Um, all right. So trivia with Tyler. Mm. So I got I got a bonus one for you today. The first one, I think this one's... It's sadly ironic. Okay. So we mentioned, obviously, the fires were a big cause of damage in, the, in, the, in San Francisco after the quake. The... <laughs> Megan just like karate chopped Navia's <laughs> mouth and it went clunk. <laughs> it was like a very gentle karate chop, but that's what that noise was. <laughs> not expecting it to actually make noise. I was not abusing my dog. I was just no, playing it was, with her. It was gentle. Yeah, no, it was very gentle. Um, so <laughs> during the earthquake, San Francisco's fire chief was killed. He died from injuries sustained during the earthquake, which 
it's just very sadly ironic for the fire chief to die in the earthquake right before the fire. Maybe he wouldn't have let his people, you know, start more dyn- fires. Dynamite. To- <laughs> um, uh. So that that is one piece of trivia I did not include. Um, but this is the real trivia with Tyler. Um, the original name for San Francisco was Yerba Buena. Yerba Buena. Yep, Yerba Buena. Oh, it, I love that. Yerba Buena. <laughs> wrong origin there. Um, it actually came from um, Franciscan, um, not conquistadors, monasteries, like uh, missionaries. That's it. Missionaries. Okay. Um, who were probably, I'm pretty sure they were Spanish. Um, obviously, the word buena. And anyway, it was first recorded um, by George Vancouver in 1792 when he sailed along the San Francisco Bay and he anchored, quote, about a, a league below the Presidio in a place they called Yerba Buena. And the name comes from the Yerba Buena plant, which is native to the area. What kind of plant is that? Not weed. Not weed. <laughs> uh, I, I just feel like that's what you were going <laughs> for. And... <laughs> it's a medicinal plant? <laughs> I Honestly, I don't know. I didn't look it up. Uh, I can do that. Hold on. I got you. Yerba buena. Yerba buena. And that's I mean, yerba that's... with a Y. Y-E-R-B-A-B-U-E-N-A. Oh, that's just fun to say. Yerba buena. Okay, so this is, you have to be careful. Um, not because there's the town and the plant. Um, it's the Spanish name for a number of aromatic plants, most of which belong to the mint family. Oh. It translates to good herb. Um, the specific plant species regarded as yerba buena varies from region to region, depending on what grows wild in the surrounding landscape. All right. Um, and which species grow, customarily grow in local gardens. That's a mint. That's cool. So perhaps the most common variation of this plant is spearmint. Okay. Hmm. So, apparently it's Yerba a it's a spearmint flavoring plant. Cool. I don't know if it has. I don't know if that has medicinal purposes, but yeah. So I mean, when I uh, was up jeeping in Colorado, um, I got out of the jeep and we were rock crawling up a riverbank, like a dried out riverbank. And I stepped on a rock wrong and I slipped and like my ankle went one way and I went the other way. The old, and this is too soon, but the old Dak Prescott, huh? <laughs> did you see that? I did. Oh my God. That was terrible. I, oh. I, I don't like the Cowboys, but damn, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah. Um, and so I, one of the people we were with is like this uh, hippie chick and she had like a peppermint spearmint type essential oil kit and she like rubbed it in my ankle and it made it feel better so you ain't one of them crystal people are you no god no okay and if anyone oh. is a crystal person yeah it doesn't do anything no, sh- i'm a geologist <laughs> it doesn't do it it might it might in your head i believe in you sure i will smack the reality in your face <laughs> it does nothing i have I'd... a bunch of rocks in my house and nothing changes <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Actually, not true. I have minerals, too. Oh, my God. We're going to get the rock versus mineral debate. There's a difference. <laughs> okay. What is the difference between a rock and a mineral? It's quite easy. A rock is made up of minerals. <laughs> so it's multiple rock or multiple minerals is a rock. Yep. Okay. You got it, dude. Granite is a rock. Quartz is a mineral found in granite. Oh. But quartz, you can find just quartz, large amounts of quartz, too. I'm pretty sure isn't quartz what everyone uses as their... Amethyst is the hippie rock. Yeah, amethyst is the hippie rock. I actually have a piece of amethyst, a nice little amethyst crystal. I hate saying that word, but that's literally, it's a crystal of amethyst. Just for my collection, though. I don't... I don't know what kind of special properties it's supposed to have, but I know mine doesn't do a damn thing. You just might not be using the spell right. I don't want to talk about spells because I'm Puerto Rican and there's like legit witching and stuff that goes on in that <laughs> in that culture that <laughs> I fully believe in. Tyler is a walking enigma, guys. I just 
He's the best. I will tell you off. I don't want to. I don't want to get anybody I know in trouble. But I will tell you off air why I believe that. I am super interested. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay. All right. So all right. Let's talk about this whiskey. Which again, um, as you know, you guys know, I'm not very good at multitasking. So I've been focused on teaching y'all. I still have half of my finger left, so I'm going to taste it now. All right. Well, I'll talk a little bit. It's definitely the entire time it's been a, I hate saying the word boring, but because it's not, boring isn't bad. Boring is getting to like stay at home in your pajamas all day. That sounds fantastic. It's like a, a lazy. Relaxing. Yeah. Lazy, relaxing whiskey. And, mm. Yeah. I mean. I would agree with that statement, but that is also kind of boring. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I love hanging out at my house more than most people, you know, but it is, I would describe it as boring, but I'm not saying boring is bad. That That's what I'm trying to convey. Like it's, yeah. it's boring, but it's good. Yeah. It's, it's a sippable whiskey. Like, like you said at the, Get-go. It's not something I'm going to drink to get drunk. Yeah. I'm going to drink it to enjoy it. But if I want to celebrate something, I'm going to drink something. Something else. Something else. Yeah. yeah. I still don't have many of the notes from it, though. Just the just the ones I got earlier. Yeah. Definitely the malt. Um, yeah. Like... That's the biggest thing. Um, but it's worth it to buy for the bottle alone because that bottle is the coolest bottle I've seen whiskey come in. It's so a cool far. bottle and it's a cool logo. And um, like I said earlier, the bottle doesn't necessarily pour the best. So maybe pour on a towel or a napkin or something. But yeah, because just because I had a little bit running down the side, um, maybe I just don't know how to pour. <laughs> it says the bartender. <laughs> I that that's a tap, you know. It's a brewery, so there's not really liquor involved. Um, I just gave you an out, and you just yeah. On no, it. I I I'm honest to a fault. What can I say? <laughs> um, so we're uh, let's talk about social media and all that good stuff. I okay. think we're gonna put a picture as normal. You know, of we'll course. throw a picture up there. I'm probably, you know what? Maybe maybe we'll take a picture of. Me and Bo and Nay, so people can see the beard, see what they're, okay. see what I've got up for stakes here. Um, also, just what I think we mentioned it earlier, we got uh, 29 people that subscribed. Thank you, guys maybe more. So yeah, much. thank you all so much for that. That was awesome. Um, you know, I think we got in the first week, we got uh, 41 listens or something like that, which for yeah. us not having any any kind of advertising or anything that's just basically friends and family and people that saw it on Megan's Facebook. Cause you know, I don't have one. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. Thank y'all so much for listening. We really yes. appreciate that. that. That was way more than we expected. Yes, it is. Thank you. That is, it's huge. Um, if you like it, please, uh, share us with your friends, family, people who you think will like us. Um, yeah, I was blown away with the feedback we've gotten so far. So thank you guys. Yeah, same here. And uh, to whoever gave us uh, two five stars, the two people that gave us five stars on Apple Podcast, we appreciate that too. Yeah, thank you. That's that's, that's, huge. that's huge. That's how we move up the charts. Yes. Um, you know, you can find us on social media. I think I got this down. Instagram is at Whiskey Podcast. Yes, it is at Whiskey Podcast. Yep. Um, you can find us. So there was a little bit of confusion when we uploaded these. Uh, I originally had it as whiskey ampersand uh, wonder, and it was not coming up if you searched if you typed in whiskey and wonder. You had to put the ampersand, um, so it's been changed now. It should be whiskey and wonder with the word. Um, other, we've got an email, um, whiskey and wonder at gmail dot com. Yep, and that's and, and is spelled out. It is not an ampersand. It's yeah, yeah. Just forget the ampersand. Um, I feel like we've got more social media, but I'm bad with it. So Megan, I mean, you've, you've hit, um, our big ones is our, um, at whiskey podcast on Instagram, whiskey and wonder at gmail.com. Um, you can also, you know, uh, donate to us on PayPal. We are a two man team. Um, we do all the research, all the editing, all the whiskey purchasing, everything. Um, 
And so any little bit uh, helps. Uh, if you are a sponsor, you want to sponsor us, please send us an email. We'd be happy to come on down. Yeah, um, for sure. And you know, it's, if you want, if you want a certain topic covered, let us know. Yeah, you know, shoot us an email, and we'll we'll do our best to get to it. If you got a whiskey that you really love, and um, you yeah. know, want us to try. Let us know. Let us I've know. got I've gotten a few uh, people have requested really? we do certain whiskeys so far. So Interesting. we have a list building up. So definitely send us your whiskeys and your awesome. topics and all the other fun stuff. We appreciate you guys more than you realize. Absolutely. And um, ah, damn, I, I had something else I wanted to add, but it just flew away into space out of my head. Uh, <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I'm stumped. I'm stumped. I can't remember what I was going to say. Megan, you got anything else to say? Um, don't drink and drive. Okay, I guess we're going to end it there then. <laughs> um, if if it comes to me, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, so yeah, thank you all again so all much. Right. This cheers is for y'all. Thank you guys. Cheers. crystal people are you